0: Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Uh, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast, number one black hosted podcast in Canada. Listen, we have an amazing guest uh, for you. Uh, you know, everybody who's been listening to the podcast over the last couple of years, Knows, uh, you know, how much I love uh, the automotive sector, specifically marketing innovation. But everybody also knows how much I really don't care too much about the dealer or manufacturer side. And I know Dodd's like, What? I care solely about the customer experience, meaning when I person goes in and buys a vehicle what does that experience look like how are they being taken care of you know right from when they're in their consideration discovery moving to consideration and i'm very passionate about the topic uh my guest on the show today is the ceo and president i have a canada his name is don romano no introduction needed don welcome to the show my friend ryan thank you good Listen, to be I am so happy to have you. I was scrolling on my LinkedIn, you know, going through like a lot of people do. And I see this article come down from the Automotive News and it says, hey, We don't have any black dealer principals or dealership owners in our network. And I think your word was almost around the, and I could be paraphrasing, but you said, this is embarrassing. This is unfortunate. What is going on here? And for somebody, you know, especially uh, executive right at the top of a manufacturer to say a statement like that is so provocative but it's so good and it's so needed and to be quite honest with you don i was really happy that somebody just didn't have a fancy pr response to an issue that we have so what how did you even come across this issue you know were you sitting there going through all your dealer networks saying what's going on like how did this come on your radar to say whoa 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 we need to backtrack a bit and put a little focus here
1: I think it's it's come on everybody's radar. If it hasn't, they've been hiding under a rock. I mean, Mm. not aware of the inequities. The in in our industry, uh, we're just people are not looking, and and that's unfortunate. That's even more embarrassing. It's not just the dealers. I mean, that that's Mm. that's one embarrassment. Then you Mm. can go further and look at uh, our corporate offices. You can look at. uh, you know our suppliers. I mean, mm-hmm. we have the second the second largest business in Canada. Period.
0: Next <laughs> yes.
1: We're enormous, and yet we are probably the most underrepresented from a diversity point of view. So, you know, it, to ask how you find out about it, you just open your eyes and you, you mm-hmm. go and look around and you say, "This isn't right. There's something mm-hmm. wrong." Here. And Really, that, that's all it takes. And, and if you haven't opened your eyes and crawl out from that rock, you need to do it because it isn't equitable right now. And, and we need to make that change.
0: Well, I want to give you some context on this conversation so it kind of helps you understand a little bit about my background in this uh, industry, because I think it would also help give you better answers. You know, t- 2012, you know, just like many, I, I kind of, you know, I, I had a business before I sold my business. I was literally, I just met my wife at the time and I, she was my girlfriend and I sold my business. I literally was sitting around my couch, not literally, but you know, it sounds better for about six months. Kind of thinking, what do I want to do? Like, where do I want to go? I responded to this crappy little ad online. It's a digital marketing manager at this small little Ford dealership out in Edmonton, Alberta in Spruce Grove, which is right outside. And I said, man, that looks interesting. You know, I don't know anything about cars. I wouldn't say I'm a gearhead. I like to drive them, but I'm not this, you know, consummate car guy. Not, you know, or, you know, it just wasn't, you know, I didn't really know much about the industry. If you said, hey, Ryan, you're on the sales floor, go take it up. I'd say, I'd start looking down like, hey, you know, green P to the max. But I said, you know what? I know marketing and maybe I could be, bring some really cool, fresh ideas to the dealership. And I did, and our work has been featured countless times, you know, when I was, you know, umpteen times and all that. But what I found was, wow, I stayed at the dealership for a year. I said, wow, you can have a lot of innovation and grow really quick. And then after the year, I started up my own company, which is now a vendor. And since 2013, I probably stepped foot in, I would want to say about 400 dealerships. And we're talking all the way from British Columbia to, uh, to, to Miramichi, New Brunswick. So I've got to see a lot of different cultures inside the dealership. And I seldom, you know, I don't meet or I, I don't think I've met one Black-owned dealer principal. Clients, like, it's amazing to me that I have not uh seen that and i you know i always kind of thought what is happening here where where does this conversation need to go like what where is the beacon of change and you know when i talk to a lot of dealerships you know and you know this being in the industry dealers say you know some manufacturers are very very you know hey they're they're very kind of you know they know their dealer network they support their dealer network some dealers feel hey you know our manufacturer they're kind of distant from us for you when did you start noticing at the, I guess, the head office level that, hey, we, we need to be a little bit more diverse. We need to have our dealer network, you know, look a little bit more like our customer base. When did you take notice of that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Again, I, I think my kids, you know, we, we grew up in California and my uh, we, we, we migrated to, to Canada. I'm a Canadian. Yep. Yep. Canadian passport, or this is my home. This is where I'm going to retire. This is where I'm going to be buried. You know, and the reason for that that change, everybody kind of thinks of California as a melting pot. Nothing compares to Canada in the world. I've lived in eight different countries. Mm. It comes to diversity of society. There's no mm. better place. This is mm. it. So, you know, when we came here and, and started getting involved in the automotive business here, it, it just didn't take... You know a rocket scientist to look about and see the opportunity and i mean this in two different respects first of all there's you know you have to live with yourself and you have to always try to do what's right in the world and, and mm. look around and you see nothing but a bunch of old white guys you know there's something wrong <laughs> I, I mean you know I, I see that every morning in the mirror i've seen enough of it yeah if you see there is clearly an inequitable situation in yes industry that doesn't reflect society and so strictly from a humanitarian point of view from a uh, to do what's right point of view you know you know you've got to make a change because now you've been empowered to be able to make a change and if you don't take advantage of that opportunity how do you sleep with yourself how do you look at yourself in the mirror every day and know Mm. so so that's step one but here's the other side let's just look at it from a business perspective Mm. our customers don't look like me they don't Mm. look uh, what our industry, the people running our industry look like. Mm. This is a diverse society. And so mm. from, you 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 hit the nail on the head when you talked about your marketing ideas as a black Canadian and the ability to bring your experiences mm. and your insights into the way in which we engage with the customers, I think is absolutely critical for us to sustain our success as a, as a brand. These brands aren't going to last if they're constantly... Uh, avoiding the people that make the key decisions being diverse, being from different backgrounds. And I don't Absolutely. just color the skin, that's important, but also yep. ethnicity, where they come from, different uh, countries, uh, different religions, mm. uh, just different sexual orientations, all yes. these need to be understood and embraced because that's what's, those, that's what's happening in the marketplace, in the showrooms across our country. The people coming in are coming from all walks of life. So if we can't relate to them, we're not going to stay in business that long. So you can look at it both as we need to do what's right because as mm. a human being, we all need to, to step mm. it up. <laughs> But also from a a CEO perspective, from a business perspective, it's the right thing to do. And it's going to help generate much better business for us in the future, knowing what our customers are thinking, what they uh, are attracted to with our our products, what they are not attracted to. And, you know, that's, that's just good business.
0: You know, in my experience, Don, in, in the dealership world, you know, because I've met so many different personalities. And the one thing about the automotive community, you know, both in the United States and in Canada is, you know, it, it's a really interesting uh, bunch of, of of humans. On one side, you have extremely amazing uh, operators, business people, fantastic human beings, family-oriented in the community, doing all kinds of things. And then you have an, an other end of the industry where you're, you know, I don't know if I would have that person over at my house for dinner and I'll be very honest about it you know just the way they're running you know I don't I don't like the unethical I don't like that kind of thing so for you you know I've really noticed that dealer principle hey everyone I know you're enjoying this episode and thank you so much for tuning in listen do you love hot wings and hot sauce as much as I do you know you have the standard kind of flavors and you know, all these assortments of hot sauces around the world, but there's some that are your favorite. Now, here at the Reinhold Show Podcast, our favorite, without a doubt, is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, if you don't know who they are, they're based in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and uh, they teamed up with Dustin Poirier from the UFC, who just won, uh, and they, they put out some amazing product, and uh, the team over at Heartbeat—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're truly, truly impeccable. So uh, we're very proud to to call them a, a partner of the show. And if you would like to try some amazing hot sauce, some flavors and get your palate really moist and juicy and good, go to heartbeathotsauce.com and type in. Team Holtz at checkout as a promo code for 20% off your purchase. And again, you will not be disappointed. We also want to let you know that in a better effort to connect with you guys even better via social media, you know, via the podcast apps or wherever you're consuming this, or if it's on YouTube, wherever that may be, we want to give you the option to text. So please text me at... Area code 587-875-0634, and that is me. So text me, say, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Love the show. You know, hey, could you bring on this person? Or just to say hi, and how are you, and how is your week, and all of these different things. I think this would be absolutely incredible, uh, and I would love if you could do that for me. Me now. The last thing I want to say is, hey, book a free eight-minute brand jam. Whether you are a person or a business looking to increase your brand, increase your sales, increase your marketing, increase your digital footprint, book an eight-minute free brand jam session with me one-on-one. All the details will be in the show notes, or just reach out. And last but not least, please, if you've not hit that five-star review, take a, 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 a take a screenshot of it, hit. Hit the review, submit it, tag at Ryan Holtz1 on on all social uh, platforms so I can see it, so I can repost it and give you a huge shout out. Again, curiosity should always be your mandate. Enjoy the rest of the show. And remember, Team Holtz loves you. A lot of them, and of course, you're having some changing of the guard now, family-owned businesses, you know, the kids are starting to step in, take over, you know, whether you're, you know, there's many people, I mean, the general public, you know, essentially a dealership could be four to five businesses running under one, you know, one building. I mean, you got finance, you got used, you got new, you got service, you got warranty, you got all these different moving parts of, of the game. but one thing i still feel is that your average dealer is still not liking change too much and we see that in their marketing practices we see that in um you know how they're running their business a little bit we see that from how a customer comes in and it's taking umpteen years to even get a price on a vehicle to you know they're still walking around for you know trying to keep them in the showroom for three to four hours obviously COVID is putting put a huge hit on that where you had to change but how do we get people who own the dealership to say, hey, we need to embrace change. And I'm not talking just diversity. I'm talking just in, in business practice.
1: You know, that that responsibility also falls on the, the manufacturer of the products. Um, Correct. The dealers, right? If we overproduce too many vehicles and they're not the right vehicles and we're shoving them at the dealers, what are they going to do? The customers yeah. are so they have to do the kinds of things they do to move it. So to me, the first step is having better alignment between The manufacturers, the production, the development of the products, and our our dealers on the front line. No different than if it was an army going to war. If you're out of touch with your front line, you're you're probably not going to win with that. (laughs) More important, you know, we got to have that communication. That's number one. Number two, it's a fallacy that dealers aren't willing to change, and I'll prove it. Mm. So we decided when we launched Genesis, uh, our luxury brand. launch it like any other franchise. In fact, Genesis isn't a franchise. In Canada, it's sold directly from us to the customer, but the dealers actually handle the delivery and the service. And I was told, I think by every one of my counterparts in this industry, that this is going to fail, Don, the dealers will never agree to it. And sure enough, as I went out personally and began to talk to dealers about taking on Genesis, but as an agent of ours, not Mm. as a franchise they looked at me like I had two heads and uh, they said you know this is ridiculous this is the factory and I said slow down slow down and we spent probably a good month with each of the dealers to explain to them the business model and how it was actually going to evolve the way in which people buy and service vehicles how Mm. they're going to be able to recover their investments and make a good reasonable return on it and uh, sure enough all 30 of them signed up, mm. but there was reluctance. So, as your point, you know, there was it was there was a lot of reluctance to uh, I don't know about this, <laughs> Ryan, I'm telling you right now, if I went to those 30 dealers and said, Hey, we're going to go back to the old franchise system with Genesis, I'd
0: have to wear. Kepler. <laughs> yeah absolutely no and that's and that's and the genesis product by the way i'm telling you holy like i have to give you guys your flowers and 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 props on that it's a beautiful like because i got friends that are saying hey you know ryan i, I really love my mercedes i love my bmw i said well hey i just got a new vehicle what did you get i, I got a genesis i'm like whoa, whoa 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 what you got a genesis i mean and you know Pure gar- car people, too, you know, very passionate about the product. But this Genesis has pulled people from luxury brands in droves. And a lot of people say, I'm getting a lot of car for man, I love the price point on it.
1: Well, not only do you love the price point, which is better than all those other cars, you wish, but it's one price, non negotiable, because we lowered the price to the point where people would negotiate anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's everything. You don't have to worry about a thing, and this is where we went with Genesis. When I say we, mm. the dealers and us together, working together, said, you know, we're going to provide the best possible experience. Which means we're going to, we're not going to make you have to drive into some dealership to get the service. We'll come to you. We'll pick it up. Call us. You need the oil change? Great. You need a, wh- whatever you need, we'll come to you. The price includes all of the maintenance. It includes obviously the best warranty out there. So when we put these things together, we thought, let's just make it easy. You can buy it online, we'll bring it to you. If we bring it to you, you kind of have second thoughts, we'll take it Mm. back. Mm. Because dealers don't have the inventory, we keep the inventory. So they're Mm. just delivering it, if you want it, great. If not, no problem. It's now the fastest growing brand in Canada. So Mm. it works, and dealers will change. But manufacturers like us, we have to take the time and effort to explain to them how it's going to work. Because, you know, it's just easy to throw rocks and say, you need to change. <laughs>
0: like, mm, of course.
1: You like, change course. Of but course. If you, and say, for instance, here's another example with Hyundai. We're going to be launching what's known Hyundai Click to Buy. Mm. A way to purchase a car online. Mm. Every single dealer in Canada will use this one system. So similar to like a Starbucks where you don't have different systems to get a Starbucks online at different Starbucks outlets, you have Mm. one system that applies to all. Mm. We have the same model coming in for Hyundai. So Mm. you go to our website or a dealer website, anywhere. It's the same process. And and that way we're having consistency, which builds trust in the process, makes them feel they can buy online, that they're not getting haggled. You know, it's not having to go back and forth. And I think Mm -hmm. this is the future. I mean, Mm. we've heard some pretty valuable lessons from COVID, and one of them is people want to do uh, all the kind of the heavy lifting on the negotiation process and the financing online. They can mm. pick the car, they can assess the cars, they can check them out, they can uh, put put a deposit down, they can buy it, they can get the financing all online. At that point, the dealer really becomes the delivery agent, and that may sound like a, a step down or a demotion, but these cars are. Ryan, they're becoming so sophisticated that you literally need hours to be able to personalize the car, make sure yep. they know the features. I mean, you just heard about a crash from a, a U.S. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh... You know, did they spend enough time explaining that you shouldn't be sitting in the back seat when you drive? I mean, those are the kinds of things where... You may say hey we have some autonomous features but please you have to drive the car yes there's a a potential accident to avoid that accident but it's not meant to allow you to, to go in the back backseat.
0: Don, Don, I want to give you a football scenario. You're a wide receiver. And I also know you're a pilot. And you learned on a 707 when they, the planes didn't fly themselves. Those are your words, not mine. But it's the true wow. fact, right? Now, you're a receiver. You got a quarterback, okay? Let's pretend the quarterback is the manufacturer. Let's pretend the receiver is the dealer. Okay. So you're throwing the ball, the ball's up in the air. We have a defense. We got DBs. We got defensive backs. You got safeties ready to crank you out. You better keep your head up or something bad's going to happen to you. Okay. Now here's the thing. So customers, we got the manufacturer, the manufacturer's pushing the car out to the dealer. The dealer's receiving the, the car. Now here's, if we go back, I mean, I remember standing on a stage talking about how social media in 2013, we did this huge campaign. We sold like hundred cars with a $200 ad back in 2013. Twitter did a, a case study alongside Barack Obama's presidential campaign of a car dealership at a low level that could sell cars using this. I remember standing on stage and Lily getting hate mail after and people saying, Ryan, social media doesn't sell cars. Well, obviously we were in 2021 and we know what happened there. So we both, you know, so innovation. But dealers now do not have to do half the work in educating their customers prior to a customer saying, Hi, Don, I'm at your dealership. I'm interested in this model, this model, or this model. A lot of times the customer is sitting at home, half naked in their boxers, drinking a glass of wine, shopping the showroom, figuring out the cars, watching videos, getting what color do I want it in? What kind of gas mileage is this? Doing a lot of their discovery and self-educating. Meanwhile, the dealer is not even involved with that. And what you see now at the dealer level is still some dealers. They get the customer comes in, and the dealer's trying to go back to 1999 in how they're trying to ask some certain questions, which I find crazy. So, is are we going to go to a place where the manufacturer is going to hit the ball, and it's, the customer is going to say, "Hey, just throw it to me. Don't worry about the DB. The DB is not needed anymore." You know, and I'm not saying not needed fully, but I'm saying that we always want to make sure the customer getting the best possible seamless. You know, streamlined service, and we know that customers are very educated now, obviously, and buyers are saying, "Come on, Don, eliminate a lot of the friction. Just give me the a freaking car. Let's get financed on it, and let me let me keep moving." You say, you're you're saying to me, especially with the Genesis product, you're hearing what they're saying, and you're trying to adapt to that. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that if the real question is, will dealers survive long term? <laughs> yes. Say, if they evolve. Right, because um, you cannot ignore the power of online business. I mean, mm. the best story I've ever heard ever in business was a company called Blockbuster that sold videos. And a young guy came in and said, hey, I have a mail order business with CDs. Why don't we merge together? Because not everybody likes coming into your your, your shops and seeing that the, the VHS video isn't available. So why don't we merge it together? It seems like a natural merger. And uh, Wayne Hazenga's team, he was the owner of Blockbuster, and his uh, CEO said, you know, no, no, because we're Blockbuster. We're the biggest. And we think people do like coming in and shopping, even if they can't find their, their videos. And he's going, yeah, but my business is growing because they don't like it. Mm. They do not agree. Blockbuster, gone. That young man, <laughs> Casey, Netflix. <laughs> I, the story is brilliant, right? It, now, it is. How much did Amazon just make? And where's J.C. Penny and Sears right now? Oh. I mean, on and on and on. So, you know, those that evolve will not only survive, they'll thrive. But those yep. that don't fly And and my goal is, I, I I love my dealers. They're great business people. They're they're not just in their communities. They're part of their communities. My goal is to make sure that they sustain their business long-term by evolving. So we're gonna keep pushing them and, mm. and we push them, but they know where we're coming from. They know what what we, that we care about their long-term business and uh, we just have to help them evolve, help them evolve in the way they interact with customers to diversify their their people on the front line so that mm. they can better to the people coming through the front door. Mm. So all these things have to come together but they're, they're, they're not pushing back on us. They're just, you know, rightfully mm. saying, hey, I've invested 10, 20, $30 million in this business. Don, mm. walk us through this. Just like Genesis, take us through it. Yes. I'm finding nothing but uh, absolutely. I, again, I, I think they're gonna evolve quick, faster than we think. And those questions that we get asked that you don't like and that ha- haggling and all that, it's gonna change. It's gonna change. Of course. Quickly. It's going to be a fun business, you know, of course, we get back to diversity and this is the time to get in the business because, you know, you don't have to be what we envision as those, uh, old salespeople that in terms of old age, like people People have been doing it a long time, smoking the cigarette and the plaid jacket, the white, (laughs) you know, kind of trying, trying to bait and switch everybody. That's that's back in the 60s and 70s, right? Yes. Now we're looking at people who know how to articulate their, their points of view in, on uh, short sentences and be able to listen better to the customers and yes. answer the questions directly, not like our politicians, but really say, okay, I know what you're asking. Here's how we can handle that and be as direct and forthright as we can. And that is the future of our business. So I'm, I'm excited,
0: Ryan. I think that this is- ec- i'm excited too don you know what we took a huge poll with our with our audience too because we knew you were coming on and i i wanted to really get some feedback from the auto community here in 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 canada and one of the questions that we got time and time again was you know and i and i'm a proponent of this as well right when people usually come up with a problem or they say hey here's a problem don here's a problem ryan the first thing i like to do because i'm a very glass half full very positive is i say all right here's the issue at hand let's get five solutions immediately i want let's start talking solutions because that's the only way we're really going to move the needle forward so question number one we got was this to date, are you seeing any increase of, you know, applications that are from black diverse backgrounds saying, Hey, we want to get into auto, or we would like to potentially, you know, own a auto dealership. And if you're not, cause I'm going to ask the second question. I just, so you know, is this, There is accountability on both sides of this conversation because I want people who are listening to this and when they they listen to this podcast, I want them to walk away with a couple nuggets from Don Romano that says, hey, if you would like to own a dealership or you would like to to go and have that conversation, please try to have one, two, three things done so we can be proactive and start moving that needle forward.
1: Okay. So two questions. Yeah. Are we seeing a change? Uh, absolutely we, Hyundai, we are seeing a change. Why? Because we joined Black North, we're a member of Accelerate, we uh, are part of the Black North Educational Committee, we're providing scholarships for Black and Indigenous uh, students at the Automotive Business School of Canada. Mm. Uh, We've taken an active role and it's paying off. In fact, Mm. it's paying off so well that we just, we hired a a brilliant uh, Black female lawyer Mm. which. Just called last week and said she got a better offer, and we tried to match it, but. I'm happy. Yep. What that tells me is that it's not just Hyundai. There's other people too that are rising to the the, the call, you know, and, mm. and understanding what needs to happen. And and so I think the Black Canadians, this is your time. You know, this is mm. your time. to Go out and begin to change. Big industries that you might have thought before couldn't change, uh, but yes, we're getting uh, all kinds of applications finally. But it's because mm. we took the effort to go out, and, and again, you had mentioned it's a mutual uh, relationship. It's
0: not just yes. like you no. know,
1: build it and they will come. Yeah, no, no. Out there, and you've got of to ask for the diversity of your your vision and what their not what job you're going to give them, what career you're going to give them where they can go and uh it's it's absolutely moving in the right direction in fact we even uh offered accelerate which is a, a new company that's uh that's uh, just sorry that was my phone i thought i had it turned off um it's a new group of which we're a part of that's dedicated to uh getting more black canadians involved in the automotive industry specifically mm. Black North we look at society and business and jobs. Yes. Yes. We look at the automotive industry dedicated to bringing more diversity to this industry and specifically for Black Canadians. We've offered them uh, an office here. So we want their headquarters in our our building.
0: Oh, that's yeah, I great. That I like that.
1: that. Being very charitable. That's great. Ah, uh, not really because as all these brilliant young Black talented people come walking into the Accelerate office it's a short putt to get them to fill out an application to come work for us. So
0: of course.
1: Uh, this is part of just going out and, and making a difference. And this is this is what we do. This is this is how we're gonna accomplish our vision. The other thing that we're doing, Ryan, is you know, we have very specific goals. So mm. I'm not talking about we're going to improve diversity. We have numbers. Mm. Mm. We're gonna have this many black Canadians, this many indigenous this many females this is what our board's going to look mm. for. so and this is our timeline so we we don't go and just simply say you know yes we believe we're going to make it happen our every director within this organization every every executive understands their role that whenever you interview for an open job we're not going to close that we're not going to finish until you have at least interviewed a person of color a BIPOC oh. so yeah. You know, every every single step along that mm. road has to be considered. And if we do that, then eventually, and I, I mean eventually, I don't mean long-term, mm. that sounds like a long-term word. So let's get rid of that word. But mm. we're going to do, we're gonna change the composition of our organization to look and act and feel and understand like the people buying our products.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. There's also another way we can really kind of synergize into the into that diversity topic now automotive manufacturers you guys need vendors to do business and when you look at your vendor rolodex and you say well who owns this vendor company maybe it's a marketer maybe it's a you know website provider whatever whatever the case is is this something you're looking at too is who are the vendors we're supporting who does own it are they female owned are they asian owned are they black owned like how are we supporting the community? In the vendor level, because I mean, there's lots of money flowing around just on the vendor business side of things that manufacturers push to that. Is that something you've considered, thought about? Absolutely. I just had a talk with
1: Wes Hall about this very specific issue. Mm. Wes Hall, is the founder of Black North, he's going to be on Dragon's Den. Oh, I know. <laughs> brilliant, <laughs> he, brilliant, he, brilliant businessman that, frankly, uh, actually, uh, we'd love to have as a dealer, and maybe we will. You, you mm-hmm. never know. But, uh, the fact is that um, it isn't just about our dealers it, again, and isn't just about uh, our office here. Mm. There's ten times more people that support our industry as vendors, whether it's big vendors like Magna, or even smaller vendors like Dealer FX. Uh, we work closely with Cox Communication, very mm-hmm. good organization, mm. and then there's very small vendors. Right? There's people. What, one of the things we're looking at is who do we advertise with? And I, it was funny, I had a, my agency well done, you know, most of the, the companies we advertise on are CTV and CBC owned by, in part by the government. And they are these giant corporations. Mm. So when you advertise on Online, you advertise on websites and blogs. And have you ever really analyzed that? Have you looked at, you know, who are the, the listeners and, and who are the readers of those sites? And have we looked at the diversification of that as well? So absolutely. That's, that's being done right now. Don,
0: I'm going to, Don, I'm going to pitch you right here. You can advertise on the Ryan Holt Show podcast. We have a healthy audience only if i get a picture in the back with something that looks like this listen we can work anything out my friend i would love i would love that we, we also own a marketing company this is why you know this is what's interesting is that the high end we I, out of all the manufacturers right i don't have one high end dealer that that we work with and i haven't really pitched a lot of them but this is something i, I thought about as well but here's the thing is that You know how do we get that conversation? You know how do we pitch? How do we get at the table? You know when I seen the article on LinkedIn, the one thing I love about you is I said I gotta talk to Don. This is a great topic. I gotta message him and I gotta see. And you know if you didn't respond back, which you were very, you responded back almost right away. But if you didn't, you know I was gonna hunt you down because I'm like no 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 he he has to come on my show because our audience our audience loves this topic and loves what you're saying and. And is all about this. You know, we had Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Shark Tank on and I said, Kevin, I said, I want to ask you a question. Let's talk about business. Let's talk about venture capital. And I said, listen, are ideas and opportunities equally distributed? He says, Ryan, ideas are equally distributed. What is not equally distributed is opportunities right this is a huge statement and he said i'll be honest i've been in business a long time i've done very well but he's like opportunities are not equally distributed so people listening and i want don i want you to understand who's listening it's somebody who's saying you know maybe i have a small to mid large mid-sized business maybe i want to get to the next level what can people do to make sure that they create opportunities, but they also run after them in a way that's not annoying. Because Don Romano, Hyundai, all these automotive people, as we know, you guys get pitched to a million times a day. And sometimes it's, it's just annoying, and it's bad timing, and it's leave me alone, or it's just not the right moment. It, what is the best way to say, I want to talk to Hyundai, I want to get 10 minutes, I want to show my idea?
1: Everybody knows somebody connected to somebody. Mm. You know, the True. six degrees to Kevin Bacon back in the uh, the 1990s, you know, everybody knows somebody. If you go on LinkedIn and you just throw a pitch at somebody and you don't know that person, chances are 99 out of 100 times, uh, you're gonna hit the X and not the, the check, right? Of course. So what you wanna do first is establish a relationship of some type whether it's uh, asking questions. You know, I've always taught my kids that learn to ask more questions and speak less because you're gonna learn more. You're not gonna learn anything from talking. You're gonna learn mm-hmm. from, from listening. And people like to be asked questions as you're doing right now, because it gives us a platform to really talk about important things that are going on in the world. So if you if you ask questions uh, as opposed to, hey, our company does this and we'd like to do business with you. I don't know I, I, if you, and I literally do get hundreds a day. Um, I still try to redirect people to the appropriate departments but it's a lot different than if West Hall gives me a call or if Nav Batia calls me or if somebody that's in our you know that you know that knows somebody knows somebody and you just leverage those connections to make the connection now you've got my time. Now you've got mm-hmm. my time. Right? You, you're able to talk to Jen McCarthy that counts for me. That's it. Okay, so everybody, send your LinkedIn's to Jen.
0: McC- I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, listen, Jen and and Don, I, I think Jen is there. Jen can attest to this. You know, I sent uh, Tim. Oh geez. Tim, you just you do interviews with him. He's automotive news, Greek guy. I can't pronounce his last name. He's Greek. He's the or Jen knows who I'm talking about. Anyways, I was talking to Tim. Tim said such. Yes, yes. Come on. Yeah, come yes. on. Yes. So, so Tim says such great things about you, but then he also said great things about Jen because I think Jen was at uh, Nissan. And I said, you know what? I'm after I'm done with talking to you, Tim. I'm gonna send Jen a nice little voice note on LinkedIn and just say, hey, I, I hope your ears were ringing because a lot of good things were being spoken about you. So mm-hmm. I did, and she fired back while she's at the grocery store. Listen, I love this because I love the instant access of communication and that we take down a lot of the barrier and we can just talk as real human beings doing real human things. See, once you get to know
1: somebody, it, everything's different. At that point, it goes into place and the foundation to be able to do business goes into place. You can't expect trust with a pitch. Of course. You're gonna- by talking, getting to know each other. So my recommendation to everybody is think through all your connections. Well, interesting. I, I've told all of our employees, every, every 220 of them, I said, I want you to go through your, your LinkedIn and I want you to find uh, people that you're connected with that are BIPOC, right? And I mm. want to uh, begin to talk to them about uh, opportunities with our company, whether it's to join or to work with them. Mm. And if you go through your list and you don't have any BIPOC connections, I want you to think about what you're going to change in your life to diversify your own views of life and who you associate with, because mm. you're missing out. You're, 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 living, you're not living life to its fullest, right? Of course. Friends that come from different areas, different countries, different backgrounds, you know, you're living in a bubble and unfortunately, that's the a life. So, you know, but if you do have friends and connections, then let's leverage that, you know? And, and to those people out there that are looking to get in this industry, leverage your connections, right? Mm. And if you're, uh, and, and I guarantee, you, everybody has somebody that knows somebody. The mm. hard the homework you have to do is figure out who that is. And what you well, I deal with, literally thousands of people, so I guarantee in a country like Canada, this is what I always tell my friends in the U.S., I said, we are one of the biggest geographic countries in the world, mm. we're a small community of Canadians, and we, we do share a lot of common views that, you know, we, we can leverage that are actually much, I think, much more uh, cohesive than the United States. I think we're much more of a of course. Canadian family sort of speak. I mean we're very different and of course. We, uh, in different areas, but we have a lot more respect for each other here. So let's leverage yeah. our smallness.
0: And, Don, uh, let me let me tell you about this though. Listen, I can I, you know, you might be Canadian now that Southern California. I mean, you got that Southern California sun kissed. I know when you go in the sun, you got that surfing, you got that, you got that water in you, you know, and people who live by the water, or grew up by the water. They got a certain, you know, buoyancy about them, you know, and it's, it's, it's a special thing because, you know, your mind is like, your mind is like water. You know, I, I can tell right away, I'm talking to somebody that's not very, you know boom your, your your mind is able to go and 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 change and adapt and think of new things and and have different ways and that's what makes you don romano and so special that's why you know i wanted to talk to you today and have you on the show because you're somebody who who gets it you know you just get it you know nobody has to come and say hey don you know, like let me explain that you you understand already it's in your dna and you can hear that
1: it helps growing up i, I literally in, in california <laughs> of course people in california were, were raised i was raised by two hippies uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were, so they were they were embarrassed that i was going to grad school uh you know and getting a business degree they, they would never tell their friends that they were hoping i would become a pot grower or you know uh, I, you know i drive a VW van down to the beach but i, I didn't i i wanted to be a pilot uh, when my company went out of business, I had to get a job, and I was driving home, and I saw a Nissan building, and uh, I thought, boy, it's a big building, I bet they have a lot of jobs, and I saw had a year left of, of uh, university, I had to pay my own tuition because my parents had no money, and so I went in there, and they laughed at me and said, we don't need pilots at Nissan, and I said, I, I know, but I'm a business student, could you use me as an intern, and uh, they said yes, and that's how I got here, but it wasn't my my vision or plan you know and it just sort of worked that way but uh having that Mm. back i think really helps when you when you come to a place like canada and you see this diversity all around you and the ability Mm. to raise your children in that diversity we have a multiracial family you know with my kids too and and Mm. they're uh they've not only embraced it i mean it's their life now and and they don't see color they don't see religion they don't see uh the things that uh, unfortunately my generation uh, was not able to see as we were growing up outside of California, California,
0: Don, a- Don, I'm telling you it's, it's, it's one love and I know we're going to wrap up here soon, but I, I have two last questions. My second last question is this, you know, great brands get seen, iconic brands get seen and felt, you know, when we're driving down the road and we're looking at, you know, especially Hyundai, you're a high Hyundai manufacturer. I mean, I know you're seeing high end days. It's just what you do. It comes to your brain but you're looking in those cars and you're thinking who's driving those vehicles. Those are our customers. I always use I always like to say in the automotive community yes I love a good product to sell but we're not selling just a product we're selling a lifestyle we're selling we're selling you know people die in cars people do bad things in cars people have great things in cars you know a car will drive you to your firstborn child a car will drive you to your first job interview a car gives you flexibility and wheels to go from a to b it's such a it's so much more than a set of wheels in my opinion so for me I really try to understand what about you would make you love this vehicle that i can give to you that's going to give you more opportunity for your life and i literally think of vehicles that way so for you how what would you say to somebody who says listen i I sometimes i'm getting in my own way i want to you know i am diverse i feel like no opportunities are coming to me and you've given several tips but what would be your number one tip for that person to say hey get out of your own way get to work and there's opportunities there for you what would be one tip you could give to that person just to get out of their own way and get moving forward persistence overcomes resistance here
1: don't ever don't ever give up we just uh signed a deal with uh, a company because a young girl from ethiopia i'm sorry from uh nigeria mm. uh, from, ethiopia, from nigeria would not give up and i i was so again it was one of those millions that i get every day but she was special and uh She kept uh, on top of us to uh, to do business with us, Mm -hmm. and uh, the persistence overcame the the resistance to say, okay, I've only got you know, 24 hours a day to work, which just kind of works. I'm going to dedicate time out of that 24 hours to her, to to listen to her. Uh, It doesn't always work. It doesn't feel like it's going to work, but those that are persistent. Uh, you're it's don't don't automatically think it's because uh, you're not being recognized you're not being embraced you have to just understand that um, the people that make these decisions are bombarded uh, constantly mm-hmm. with great ideas there's a lot of great ideas but yours could be the one that makes the difference and if mm-hmm. you believe it's strong enough don't give up just you know <laughs> LinkedIn Facebook phone calls uh, you know I Why would a pilot get a job at a a Nissan uh, headquarters? It makes no sense. But I wasn't going to leave that that, uh, leave their their office until they at least told me, "I'm sorry, we don't want you. We're not going to accept you." Uh, I just was going to stay there and I was going to hang out. And they eventually eventually worked out, and it's going to work out for all of you. But just persistence.
0: And you bootstrapped your life. You know, I I read up a lot about you. You know, you you know the term bootstrapping in business, basically you know using your own money resources and just trying to claw your way into an opportunity. You know, you bootstrapped your life. That story about the whole Nissan thing, walking and saying, "Hey, I want a job." You know, I'm a pilot. You're like, well, hey, (laughs) I'm in the transportation business too. (laughs) You know, I'm just flying planes. I mean, what's the difference? We're we're both in the same industry here. One's in the the ground. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I love that. Uh, my last question to you, and again, uh, it's so good to have you on the show, is what can I do for you? I like to ask all my guests this question because I think it's the best question. You know, What can I do for you, Don Romano?
1: You can help us uh, get the word out
0: um, on well, who we
1: are as a brand and what we stand for, like you're doing now. But also, you know, we are moving into a very, very aggressive electrification phase. We mm. have we're the second largest seller of electric vehicles, and this we didn't t- touch upon this, but my, my second biggest passion is the environment. And uh, nice. this was handed down to me from my parents, and uh, this is something that we, we can now change. We can change the environment, and we are the second largest retailer, developer, and retailer of electric vehicles, and we have a whole new electric line coming out called the Ionix, starting mm-hmm. with the Ionix 5 and uh, you can help us reach the right people with the right message, because the right message is not uh, uh, combustion engines. The future mm-hmm. is electric, pure electric. And if you haven't driven an electric vehicle, you're missing out, just like if you don't have BIPOC friends. you gotta, you got to expand, and you got to mm-hmm. open. And once you drive an electric vehicle, you'll never go back. They say, you know, you'll take my electric vehicle out of my hands, when you pry it out of my cold dead hands. And that's, <laughs> yeah. They're wonderful. They're fast. They're quiet. We could be talking right now in an electric vehicle. You wouldn't hear a noise. Of course. Like. So that's it. Let's let's just talk about what we can do to, to get the word out. Uh, mm. Because that's what our brand stands for. And this is where we need to go as a civilization. So mm. I think we could uh, find some very creative ways to continue to be able to communicate effectively in a mass market that's bombarded with all kinds of messages out there and you know I think ours is just more organic it's more real and we're we're walking the walk we're just not uh, talking the talk so.
0: Well, Don, I love it too. And I, you know, I encourage you and I, we're going to talk more because I, I want to work with you guys in some capacity. So I, I'll definitely be persistent on that. But, you know, you being somebody who's who's so, uh, you know, great with communication, you know, using things like Instagram live and podcasting and going to the ground level. And this is, you, you know, the CTVs and CBCs and TVs. I mean, I mean, you know, where's the eyeballs? This is, this is the only place you got to be. You, you, yeah, yeah better than mine though look at that yeah and, uh, yeah yeah no it's just uh you know but you look at this right and this is ne- this is never out of reach like you you look at that phone and that is the remote control to your life you know so i i think that you know you want to talk to people you want to get the message out you go through here and and you'll be good to go there uh my my, my selfish last question to you is what is your favorite meal I mean, I want to know the if I'm Don, if I'm coming over to Don's house and Don says, yo, Ryan, I, if I had one meal I could eat every day, now I could only have one choice. What is that meal? I need I need to know the personal, man. I want to know the good stuff. Mexican food, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good taco. In California, we
1: grew up with the best Mexican food in the world because- Yes. We had the immigration from Mexico bringing up all that wonderful, that wonderful food, uh, and that's if I were to say the same. Another question: What's the one thing I don't like about Canada? There's not enough Mexican food.
0: Oh that's, yeah, we just, yeah. We need,
1: You know, we just gotta open up the. Uh, you you don't know what you're missing until you've had shrimp tacos or lobster quesadillas or I mean. Uh,
0: yeah, thanks for asking that. Now I'm just going to be hungry the rest of the I, I will 1,000% agree with with that statement. I mean, the food, uh, uh, yeah, we're huge foodies. Uh, Don, thanks so much for being on the show. Everyone listening to the show, uh, if you've not smashed the five-star uh, review, please do so. I'll put all of uh, Don's information in the show notes. And uh, remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Don, thank you so much, my friend, for your time. I appreciate you. Just great, Ryan. Let's get together soon. You got it. Take care and tell Jen thank you. We'll be in touch. He says you're welcome. <laughs> See ya, Jen. <laughs> Take care, Don. Take care, Ryan. Okay, bye-bye.